was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Hello, hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Welcome back. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm doing great. I am in the home stretch of pregnancy. The baby is coming really any day now within the next couple of weeks. But I have been recording a ton, really good conversations. Like I think some of these episodes I have coming out in the next few weeks are some of my best to date. Really great beauty conversations, really great skincare conversations, because I want to make sure that you guys have amazing content, even while I am taking care of my new baby, which sounds so surreal to say. For this episode, I got to speak with Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. They're longtime beauty editors, but they also have a beauty podcast called Breaking Beauty. And they're about uncovering breaking people, products, and moments in beauty. These women know so much about the industry, had such solid product recommendations, like they came prepared with their research done. I did a pod swap with them. That's like a very podcasting uh industry term, a pod swap. Basically, they do my podcast, I do theirs. So that means that this week I am a guest on their podcast, Breaking Beauty. And oh my God, guys, I get to talk about natural beauty for the entire episode, basically. How I make my body oils, my facial oils, how I do my hair masks, how I do all of my different scrubs. And I was also able to really get into why I really believe in the power of natural ingredients, how it's something that I've kind of studied and observed in my own approach to skincare. And it's not something that I actually get to talk about a lot. So I was really excited to chat with them about it. If you are into DIY beauty or natural beauty, definitely check out their episode. It's coming out this Wednesday. So if you're listening to this on Monday, you just got to wait a few days. Breaking Beauty is the podcast. And it even encouraged me after my conversation with them to get into the kitchen and make another batch of my brown sugar scrub. I will admit the third trimester of pregnancy, you were tired all of the time. And one of the benefits of this show is I get sent a lot of really wonderful products. And a lot of the products that I'm sent are natural. They don't have harmful dyes or chemicals in them. So I have all of these products that I get sent that I love to use. And sometimes it can just be hard to say, okay, Brooke, go and make that face mask that you know is going to make your skin glow when you have all of these other face masks on your shelf that you haven't had a chance to try yet. But it is something that every time I do it, it's so rewarding. Other than that, everything is going really well. Gestational diabetes, quick update. My numbers have been really good lately. I've been staying under 140. I've actually been staying under 120 for most of my meals, which is very low. My morning numbers are good and I have fully kicked my, you know, juice drinking habit. And one of the things that I find really helps if you're someone that enjoys a little flavor in your beverages, if drinking water all day just won't do it for you, especially in the summertime, I've been making these iced teas that are phenomenal. My favorite tea right now is rose tea. I love the flavor of rose. I love rose in my facial mists. I love rose in desserts, which I can't have anymore. RIP me eating desserts. But I have a rose tea. You brew it hot. You put it in the refrigerator. You add a bunch of ice and then it's iced rose tea. It is so good. If you want to be fancy, you can add a few sprigs of mint. Mint rose iced tea. Orange juice doesn't stand a chance. Like you won't even miss it. Try taking your favorite herbal tea 
or it could be a caffeinated tea, brewing it, putting it in the fridge, adding a ton of ice, make a big jug of it so you have a lot of it. And it's so refreshing to drink all day long. Okay, that's my quick little tip. Let's get into the conversation with Jill and Carlene. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Well, hi, Carlene and Jill. I'm so excited to have you guys Hi. On Naked Beauty. Um, I've been listening to your podcast, Breaking Beauty, for a long time. You guys are like an early, an earlier beauty podcast. I feel like you launched maybe like a few months after me. How long is how long has the podcast been around? March 2017, right? March 2017 is when we started. Yeah. So we had the idea in November of 2016. And I think there were only like three beauty podcasts in iTunes at the time in that particular category. There were others that captured wellness and stuff. But yeah, we launched in the first day of spring in 2017. Love it. Yeah. I launched September 2016. And you're right. There was not not a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. But your podcast has been so successful. You guys actually just interviewed Jackie Ina, who's incredible. I feel like she's beyond like a beauty guru. I think she's kind of a celebrity in her own right. Totally. She is like I I was just as nervous as I was in if as if I was interviewing a celebrity when we were chatting with her because she has this like superstar quality to her. Absolutely. But she was so down to earth. Like we we won't be sharing the video, but she like she was no makeup, no hair, just like chill. She was just like, "Hey guys, just just chatting. I think it was in her closet. I mean, it looked like a big closet. I don't know. I could see. <laughs> it was pretty large, but still. Yeah. So as you guys have been doing the show since 2017, do you have any favorite guests or guests that you felt like you were so happy to have on the show? So we started out interviewing founders of, of brands. We were all at that time, we've kind of evolved the show. I'm sure, you know, I think every show evolves when you get to know your audience and what they really like. But we started interviewing founders. And we really wanted to focus on like these iconic beauty products because we felt like there was so much clutter on the market. We were just like, what? what's the story behind the P50? What's the story behind Mac Viva Glam? So interviewing the founder of, of Mac, Frank Toskin, was just like a dream come true. And also because for us in the beauty industry, some of these people like we were talking about on your show like Pat McGrath or the founder of Mac, like they're, they're celebrities to us, right? It's like, we look up to them so much respect for especially breaking down barriers. And so Frank Toskin from Mac and what he created was essentially the ultimate millennial brand before millennial was even a word, you know, like 
one or two decades before. And and so just like having male makeup artists at the counter, having trans people at the counter, like everything that Mac Viva Glam, how much money have they raised again for AIDS, Jill? I always forget the number. Oh, it's almost it's, it's almost it's almost half a billion dollars now in 20, yeah. 26 years later. So just like you know, he doesn't talk to media anymore. He's not with the brand anymore. So, you know, Jill was a sleuth and managed to figure out how to get to him. And we ended up sitting in his condo in Toronto, in Yorkville, and just having, again, it's like his dogs were there on the floor and his partner and just like, just having a real conversation and about how that all came about and how Mac Viva claimed glam came about and it was like one of his dear friends who was dying of AIDS at the time really inspired that lipstick and to me it just shows like how beauty is so much deeper than just these art these artifacts these items you know and and to me that's what hooked me onto beauty as as an editor in the early days because I kind of fell into it but when I realized that there was so much of like our identities and culture wrapped up in beauty products, I was like hooked, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a major interview. And Mac is such an iconic brand. I feel like they don't get enough credit for yeah. how they yeah. really revolutionized makeup. That's right. And yeah, complete. It was like the first indie makeup brand really cooked up in a kitchen, blazed the trail completely. And exciting news. If there are a lot of um, beauty lovers listening, of course, uh, Frank Toskin is working on his next act, which is called Mob Beauty, M-O-B. And it's going to be a clean makeup brand. That's yeah, so, that makes me so excited to hear because <laughs> I've always yeah. said that the biggest gap in the market is clean makeup that has like actual pigment though like mm-hmm. I want like a NARS Pat McGrath level pigment and like impact I mean I love you know the stuff that they have at Credo and <laughs> I love the clean but it's it's usually like a softer a little bit more neutral like you're not getting a hot pink lipstick from a clean beauty brand so I love that yeah so that's, that's a right. bit of a scoop so it's supposed to launch this fall so we'll see what that's going to be all about and it's called mm-hmm. Mob M-O-B beauty yeah and it's like Frank, as well as one of the original chemists who worked with him on Mac. So I think it's a real passion project. I mean, he's been out of, he sold Mac in the mid nineties, I believe. So it's, it's been a while. So we're, I'm really on the edge of my seat to see what they come up with. Yeah. Quite the scoop. And what about you, uh, Jill? Is there a guest that you've had that you just absolutely loved? Well, I think our show has evolved. Like Carlene said, we initially started talking about these icons, these iconic products. But quickly, our audience was wanting to know like more about what was happening now, what was buzzy now. And I think we have evolved now to be more like a show about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. So a good example is Jackie Ina, someone who is completely trailblazing in her own right. And, you know, back in the 90s, it was all about makeup artists starting their brands, Francois Nars, Kevin O'Quan, Bobby Brown. And now you have all of these influencers who um, have these huge communities that they've built person by person, no easy feat. And they are coming out with their own community-driven brands. And I just think someone like Jackie, is such a huge she's she's the future of like what the beauty business is going to be and so and she has so much to say and so i think i love the fact that we can cover these types of personalities as well as those icons that um, should be on everybody's top shelf absolutely 
And I think one of the things that I love about Jackie is she's always been so outspoken. She's a great advocate for Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. How do you, sure. how do you guys both as white women think about using your position and your privilege to elevate voices in beauty from other Black founders or Black women in beauty? I think as podcasters, like the best way that we can help support the movement is to help amplify melanated voices. So having more founders on the show who who run Black-owned businesses. Are there any Black um, beauty founders that you've had on that you want to give a shout out to? Because I feel like my listeners always want to support more Black-owned beauty brands, but I just don't know them all. Yeah. The Miss Jessie's founder, uh, Miko Branch, was a recent guest, and she was amazing because Miss Jessie's is literally cooked up in her kitchen. Incredible, fa- incredible story, incredible family story, and huge success, right? Like on the shelves at Target. Yeah. And um, I just really enjoyed um, speaking to her. And we have to shout out a Canadian yes. too, though. Yes. Homie, Go ahead. To- yes. Homie, uh, Ballet. She runs uh, Makeup for Melanin Girls and that launched about three years ago. And that was really out of her community that she had built up kind of like an into the gloss glossier type of a thing. Her community really wanted her to launch products. So she did. And it started with like sparkly glitter eyeshadows and then lipsticks. And just now they're launching like their first eyeshadow palette. Yeah, the whole palette is actually crowdsourced names of like powerful, inspirational women of color. So uh, it's just really amazing and very affordable too. I think it's like, you know, $30. So these products are accessible to everybody. And I think that's the beautiful thing that we're seeing about the beauty business now is like there's more opportunity for women to women of color, especially to get in and to um, make the businesses that they're so passionate about and give them space on shelves. We need more of it. You guys have been beauty editors for a long time before you started the podcast. How long have each of you kind of worked in beauty and what drew you to working in that industry? I think between the two of us, we have about 30 years combined experience as beauty I'm, I'm editors. embarrassed to say that number. <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm owning all every single own it, swatch. Own it. Yeah. I'm, I'm owning every single swatch I've swatched um, over <laughs> the years. So uh yeah, we both worked in beauty editorial coming up in the magazine world. I did not even know beauty editors were a job. Because I think a lot of people think beauty editors are like makeup artists or hairstylists. But really what we do is we edit, we look for trends, we're trying to see the bigger picture. And I think that's what drew me into beauty was that there was always something new to talk about first and foremost. And there was just a lot of amazing women to discover and tell their stories. There's a lot of incredible women in the beauty industry. And I really loved that. You know, I'm, I'm not like a fashion plate at all. I loved right from the get-go, kind of what you were saying that the beauty editors and the people who worked in beauty were just tended to be more inclusive. And also like if someone's wearing a red lipstick, it could be a $6 cover girl or it could be $50 from La Mer or, you know, Sisley or something. And you don't know. And I loved that aspect of about, about it, that everybody can kind of get in, in on it and participate in beauty right from the get-go. Yeah. And you, Carleen? Yeah. I mean, I fell into beauty. I really did. I basically, my first job at a university, I just blasted like monster.com or whatever the website was at the time. And I ended up getting a job as front desk clerk was my official title at a industry magazine called Salon Magazine. So I was just everybody's bitch. You know, I was photocopying, I was getting coffee. And then I really just worked my way up and I ended up 
just from the ground up, I started working at one of the major fashion magazines here in Canada, which sadly is no longer in print, not a unique story, you know. And then I eventually worked my way up to the title of beauty and style director or something like that. And I had a lot of great experiences. I, you know, reported backstage at Fashion Week in New York. And, yes, interviewed and, Pat McGrath. We can't, yeah. we can't ever forget that. Yeah, <laughs> interviewed Pat McGrath. That was in um, her publicist's living room and I was like shaking in my boots. But yeah, so many great tips from from Pat. And, you know, just great people like interviewing Mark Jacobs and Julianne Moore and saw so much in the industry. There was the whole black car service those were the days when I started, you know, editors were being picked up and dropped off. And by the time I left, you were getting, I shit you not, a bus token to go to an event. Just saw the the highs and the lows. But um, yeah, and now we're doing our own thing, which I, I love. I love it so much better. Just totally different culture we're creating now. And it's so much more collaborative and positive because, you know, can be a little toxic at the magazine fashion world, right? Totally. Do you feel like you guys have more independence now to give your true opinion on products? Because I think there's always this tension with editors, right? Like if they get sent a huge package from Kylie Skin, they can't really Mm -hmm. say this product is not it. Or if they are being sent something from someone who's advertising in the magazine as Mm -hmm. well, there's that, that kind of tension too, like, do you feel like now as podcasters and as kind of like independent people that have a voice in beauty, you're able to review things more honestly? Did you ever feel kind of handcuffed by that when you were closer to the industry and like the advertising machine? Such a great question. I think now I, I feel more personal responsibility to give my honest opinion to our audience simply because there's that more of that discourse to just kind of say we love something just because somebody sent it to us. It doesn't feel right and I wouldn't do it. But I think you're right in back in the magazine days. Yeah, there were, there were definitely expectations. If a big brand from a huge corporation was taking you on a press trip to introduce you to their new fragrance and they had a huge celebrity as the face of it, the expectation is you're writing a whole page about that person and the fragrance. Right. You know, and so I, I think right now those days are definitely gone in my, in my opinion. And I think that we are really clear off the bat if we get any opportunities that nothing is guaranteed and just really trying to, um, you know, just not jeopardize this, the relationship that we have with our audience. I think one of the things I've been thinking so much about is the link between people feeling this false sense of a product being superior because it's more expensive and how much like the brand perception plays into your perception of the performance of the product and how that is not always the case. So I'm excited to talk to you guys about like drugstore faves because I have my, my, my things that I go and buy at my local drugstore that I think are fabulous. Um, but you guys have mm-hmm. really been in the industry for a long time and you've tried it all. I think sometimes people don't trust when someone says, oh, this like Aveeno moisturizer is great. Because they're like, well, have you tried La Mer? Have you tried Chanel? But you guys have actually tried all of the high-end beauty products. You've tried the most expensive products. So you can confidently say that a lot of these like less expensive alternatives are good. So I'm just excited to talk about that. Because don't you feel like so many people 
they falsely equate something being more expensive with being more effective. Definitely. I mean, I think, I think especially if you think about the world of fashion, it's like generally that could be kind of true because you get, you get this like intense quality and this certain level of design and, and all of that. But I do think when it comes to beauty, you have like, you have companies like Procter and Gamble and L'Oreal and the size of their R and D department and their budget is just completely off the charts like what they're putting into these products. And then with a company like L'Oreal, like they own so many of these larger companies that used to be indie, like they purchase it cosmetics or, you know, whatever it is. And then they basically dupe those brands internally. And then Maybelline has a very, very similar product. Like you always see it kind of roll out and trickle down that way. I've seen it happen so many times. So interesting. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that, that makes sense that they would take that approach. Yeah. So that happens all the time. Cool. Well, should we, should we get into some of your, your dupes? Okay. Well, where do we start with drugstore? I, I love a deal. Uh, One of my other gigs that I do here is I do a lot of broadcast television and I do uh, the Marilyn Dennis show, which is in front of a live studio audience. And I've been one of the resident beauty experts on there for many years now. And people love like those discount budget finds, like the audience will literally go, Ooh, ah, like it's, it is one of those things where you get an audible reaction. And so that has been eye opening for, I mean, I've always been a drugstore fan, but I think even more so now I prioritize finding deals for people because stuff is expensive. And when you are a beauty editor for so long, you can be in a bit of a bubble. You don't even know what things cost. The fact checker will put it in the magazine. So I'm much more cognizant of, uh, of that now. But one really good beauty dupe is for the Charlotte Tilbury Pillow Talk lipstick, which, which is, love. yes, that's about 30, 30 bucks. The best drugstore dupe for that is the NYX uh, lipstick. And it's a terrible name. I hate saying, out, saying it out loud, but here we go. It's called Euro Trash. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. It's like five or six dollars, and it is a dead ringer for Charlotte Tilbury Pillow Talk. So anyone can uh, can enjoy that. And I found the Pillow Talk. They Charlotte Tilbury just came out with a deeper Pillow Talk that's uh, better suited for dark and olive skin tones. And I found a dupe for that as well. And it was the Maybelline Sensational Lipstick, and it's I believe it's called like Almond Bisque. So that one is uh, a good dupe for that newer product from Charlotte Tilbury. Cool. Yes. And then another product that I'm just going to keep going here. Another makeup product is the It Cosmetics uh, Extension Lash Mascara. It's really, really good mascara. The greatest drugstore dupe for that is the Lash Princess from Essence Cosmetics. Ooh, very wait, I don't similar. Know Essence Cosmetics. Oh, really? Is that a Canadian thing or is it just... No. I'm... No. They are from Germany. They're right? from Germany. They have incredible factories. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of, you know, that like rumor that always goes around that like these luxury pencils are made at the same factory in other places. But this particular mascara, the Lash Princess, it's again, not a great name, not really on brand for me at all, but uh, it's $3.99 compared to the, I believe the It Cosmetics is like more than $25. So it's a drastic savings. Carlene, what are some other ones? Maybe skincare oriented? Best one we discovered recently was um, we were always recommending the SkinCeutical CE Ferulic. Yes. Right. It's like the queen vitamin C. 
serum, but it's expensive, right? I think it's, is it 200 or 150 or something? It's like $160. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pricey. And we would always get asked for a dupe for that. And then we interviewed Gothamista when we were in New York earlier this year. And, uh, she had a dupe for it that she turned us on to, which I've been using and I really like. It's the May Love Glow Maker Vitamin C Serum. And it's like 30 bucks. May Love. May Love. Yep. It's M-A-E-L-O-V-E. Um, so yeah, that's really good that we did. And then uh, what was the other one? Oh, Bioderma. I always use the Missler Cleanser. Have you, you used that one, right? It's like classic. So the Garnier Skin Active Missler Cleansing Water All-in-One is quite good too. That's like a drugstore cheapie. But I mean, Bioderma is pretty inexpensive too. So yeah. Yeah. And, and basically any of the L'Oreal brands, like Urban Decay, a lot of Urban Decay's products are actually done by NYX as well. Like a lot of the iconic products, like the face, the la- like the long lasting face spray from Urban Decay, they have a really good dupe for that in NYX as well. That actually Brooklyn Heights, who's on Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, recommended that one to us. Um, and so I think that recommendation was... Recommendation <laughs> from a drag queen is always a good makeup recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called it, it's called. You know the your NYX, makeup's gonna stay all night. Yeah, it's called the NYX Cosmetics Matte Finish Makeup Setting Spray. That one. Mm-hmm. What about foundations? Mm-hmm. I feel like I always have to splurge for foundations, and I haven't mm-hmm. gone down the path of like a drugstore foundation. But are there good ones? Yes. The Maybelline uh, Radiant Liquid Foundation is incredible such a beautiful finish on the skin. I swear it's not far off from the Armani Luminous Silk. Wow. That's high praise. uh, No, I swear. I was, I was shook when I got that in my hot little hands and, um, it really is beautiful. It goes on beautifully. It blends beautifully. They have a lot of colors and I believe it's maybe like $12. Wow. Yeah. I love Maybelline foundations. They're really good for the price. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So the, those are drugstore faves. I love an inexpensive or less, I should say less expensive beauty product. But the thing, my constant struggle is clean beauty. I feel like I have such a clean approach to skincare. I mm-hmm. just did your podcast and we talked about all of the you know homemade facial oils I'm mixing up and doing jojoba oil and sea buckthorn oil. And I really try to keep my skincare routine clean. Mm-hmm. When it comes to makeup, I'm not as clean because I just can't find as many really great products. But even like there are some skincare products that I love the results, but they're not clean. So Mm -hmm. I'd also love to hear from you guys. What are like good clean beauty dupes? Like if you love this product, you'll love the the cleaner version of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you guys. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, just a little context is like, I love conventional products too, but definitely I agree. Like there's more and more choice out there. And compared to when we first started being beauty editors, the clean options in skincare, especially were just not as effective or they would go off. So I really like this, um, you know, the sort of 2.0, this, these innovations that are happening in, in skincare. And we were talking about how one of the first things you might want to clean up in your routine is a cleanser. So I'm going to dive in to tell you about a little show and tell here, Brooke, a product that I recently discovered. I think your listeners will love it too. It's the Okoko Cosmetique Beauty Majestic Gel to Milk Multipurpose Cleanser Exfoliator and Mask. And I know it does everything. It does vacuums. everything. Their background really came out. Yes. I would I would really stumble <laughs> over that name. <laughs> 
It's like 108 US dollars. So it's really a dupe for the Elemis Superfood AHA Glow Cleansing Butter. But I actually also like to say that this is kind of like if Kate Somerville exfoliate and the milky, uh, not the milky jelly, the lo- the Casa Rex milk cleanser had a baby, a clean beauty baby, it would be this. Really? And I love yes. the exfoliate um, from Kate Somerville. That's like yes. one of the only physical exfoliants cleansers mm-hmm. that I like because I don't, I tend not to love physical exfoliants, but I like that one. Yeah. So th- this brand, this brand is, it's a, a cocoa cosmetique and it's a natural luxury skincare brand based in Vancouver. And the founder, her name is Oyeta Coco Rocco. And she's a black woman who's only 30. It's actually black founded, black operated and black formulated. And I just find this whole luxury clean beauty space. There's a a lot of room for growth there, especially with women of color and founders of color. So um, I really am just obsessed with this what made me curious about this brand, like I said, we've seen it all, is just like how inviting all the textures are on their products. But it has Ooh, it literally it. has the texture. It's like of, a ruby color, guys. Yeah, it has the jelly ruby looking yeah, texture. It's, it's like MAC lip gloss, is what it looks like, but in a pot. And so um, basically how you use it is um, it has um, physical and chemical exfoliators in it. So it's got pumpkin and bamboo powder, salicylic acid and papaya to deliver like that gentle sort of exfoliation. And it all has also has squalene, which is a huge trend. And then these are like natural red pigments that you're seeing there. So you put it on your skin, dry on dry skin. And just a little bit goes a long way. It actually comes with, you know, it's fancy when it comes with a spoon. I love any little gold I love spoon. that deep red color. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. And yeah, you put a little on dry skin, you massage it in, then you add the water and it turns into a, it goes from gel to milk on your skin. And then you feel the tiny little bamboo physical exfoliants. And so, but it also has those papaya enzymes. So you're getting both the physical and the chemical exfoliation, which is very, very unusual in a clean, clean beauty product. So I find it's really effective, but not abrasive at all. And I think they say it's good for all skin types, but for someone like me, I have more oily skin type and tend to have like giant pores in the summer. So I think people with like oily T-zones and who have oilier skin will really love using this. And then you can also use it as a mask, which you would leave on, spread it all on, leave it on for like 40 minutes. So I got really detailed there. (laughs) So then we have a toner for you. I'm sure you know this product, Biologique Recherche P50, which I'm not the biggest fan of. No? Okay, tell me. Tell me why. For me, it's just the ingredients. I mean, even Mm. like the most effective one that people swear by, the fact that it has phenol in it, I just, Mm. I'm not down with it. I'm not down with putting that level of chemicals on my face. I feel like there are alternatives. So I feel yeah, yeah. I feel like it's pretty hard to find an alternative because... People, what people love about the Biologique Recherche P50 is that you do get results. So first of all, for people who don't know, it's an exfoliating skin balancing toner. So you use it as your toning step after you wash and before your moisturize. They say you can use it two times a day, although I think that would be way too much. I would do like nightly if you're used to a lot of acids or you can even do like twice a week if you have sensitive skin and then work your way up. But the whole kind of 
magic of P50. It's all about like turning over the skin cells quicker. So it's great for people who have acne or if you have aging skin, but it's also moisturizing. I feel like most acids type product, they're so drying, right? And so that's kind of the real magic of this, of the P50. It has like three different acids in it, like lactic, salicylic, and malic acid. And then vinegar. So it has like this, it's famous for like, it's kind of salad smell when you put it on your face, but it is hard to do. It's basically on every beauty editor's top shelf. Like so many celebrities are into it and all of that. So the one that I found that I've been using for the past two weeks, I really like this product. I think you would like this. It's called Ayuna. It's A-Y-U-N-A. Have you heard of this line? I haven't, but I'm excited to hear about it. Okay. So it's out of Spain. It was created by two women, a cosmetic chemist and a facialist. And it's a luxury clean beauty brand. So the prices are not cheap. It's going to cost, it's like about the same as the P50, about $100 a bottle. And so it also uses three different acids to do that exfoliating. But of course, they're all natural. So there's a raspberry vinegar, something called, I'm never going to say this right, is S-U-C-C-I-N-I-C acid. It's found in like superfoods like broccoli and stuff. And it's supposed to be good for balancing and calming. And glutamic, how do you say this? Oh my God glutamic acid. Basically, it uses all natural acids. That's all you need to know. And then it also has, it's sort of a powder in lotion formula. So you're going to shake it and then it comes out kind of milky. I like to put it right on my hands. I don't even use a cotton pad. Then That way you don't waste any. And then I just press it in. What I've noticed, it just, it really has that softening effect. Like if you ever use like Korean acid essences and waters that are super hydrating. That's what it feels like. And then prebiotics have been getting a lot of attention lately for treating acne. Like I don't really know the research behind that, but a lot of a lot of brands are like sort of trying to promote um, prebiotics when it comes to acne. So anyway, I really like it. Like I feel like it's hydrating. I have more of like a glow to my skin, I guess. Uh, that's kind of an over word, overused word, but I really like it. And you feel like are the results as instantaneous as P50? I'm not going to say it's like quite as, it's probably not as strong. Do you know what I mean? It's probably gentler and you'd need to use it longer to get those results. But they they say that you can start to see results in five to 10 days. And I do feel like my skin looks more refined and hydrated. So it's kind of subjective, but I think it's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I will look out. I'm into it. Do you want to talk about serum, Carlene, or should I talk about moisturizer? I'm going to hit you with the serum because I think a lot of people are Glossier fans. I'm sure a lot of your listeners are too. People love Glossier, but it's not a clean beauty brand. So I think it's always great when you can find a dupe for Glossier. So for people who like Future Do, I don't know if you've ever used that one. I haven't used it, but so many people come on the show and rave about it. Yeah. So Future Do is an oil serum hybrid. And it's meant to have like plant-based oils in it and squalane that are going to hydrate over time. But then it has light reflecting particles in it. So you get that instant sheen, right? And I think that's what people like about it. So you can put it on again after you wash and before you moisturize. But 
even on the website, it says you can put it on after all of those steps, almost like a cosmetic product, like a highlighter, because it does have that glisten in it. So when I tried this product, this is called Alpine, Alpine Beauty. Alpine. Is it pronounced Alpine? I thought so, because there's like lots of mountain imagery, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's out of <laughs> Wyoming. Yeah. 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 This is a so, great brand. Yeah. It is. So it's wildcrafted. It's A-L-P-Y-N. This is called the Plant Genius Survival Serum. It's uh, $68. You can find it at Credo. And when I put this on, first of all, the bottle looks really similar to the Future Do. You know, the the Glossier one just has like a pink cap. But you put it on and right away, I was like, this, this is Future Do. Like, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but it's this kind of like pinkish, golden... Um, a little iridescent. Yeah, it looks like a highlighter. It's just future do. Like to me, that that's exactly what it is. And so it even feels sticky. Like both of them feel sticky, which some people are really not going to like is you get this kind of like gummy feel to it. But I do feel like that evaporates over time. But yeah, it's exactly the same. I mean, it smells like essential oils. It smells beautiful, um, but it does have those light reflecting minerals that liquid highlighter quality, but this one actually has some exfoliating ingredients as well. So it kind of works a little bit harder for your skin when it comes to brightening over time than the future do. Love that. Yeah. So that's a good one. That's, that is a good one. Yeah. It's really interesting how so many people expect Glossier to be a clean brand. I see that over and over again, and she's never said that it is right. But a lot of people expect it to be. Yeah, I guess because um, it's so zeitgeisty, right? It's totally. Like, yeah. It captures everything about the now and clean beauty is such a moment now. So people would, would expect, but yeah. 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 So I'm going to come at you with another clean beauty dupe. And this is in the moisturizing category. And this is actually a dupe for La Mer. Ooh, okay. So La Mer is about 180 bucks. And this moisturizer that I'm going to talk about is $18. Wow. Yeah. So La Mer, it's heralded as this cult classic, right? It's got the marine algae. Like it just has the best story. It's such an iconic product, but literally the third and fourth ingredient is mineral oil and petrol autumn. So it's not great. <laughs> Those are usually no-nos for people who want to do clean skin. And you know, there have been a lot of dupes for La Mer over the years. A lot of people say Nivea cream is a dupe for La Mer, but there's not been any clean ones as far as I could really find. So this product is the Versed Skin Soak Rich Moisture Cream. You can see the texture of it. It looks like pillowy and soft. I would definitely use this at nighttime. It's quite um, rich, much like La Mer is in terms of the texture. But um, the main ingredient in this is red algae and squalane. And so it just really is going to give your skin that incredible hydration. I would say this is good for skin types that are dry to very dry. Or if you're like 35 and over, I probably wouldn't use this if I was 20 years old. It's definitely meant for like that maximum hydration. But I've been really loving it even in the summer. Um, I have oilier skin, but I've been wearing a ton of sunscreen. I've been exfoliating more, washing my face more. It's just the sun I feel like dries me out a lot. And at night I have been using this and I find like it's it hasn't broke me out and I'm really enjoying the texture of it. And I just think that this product speaks to a larger trend that we're seeing where this new budget luxury cream, like the New York Times did a whole story about it 
where the new luxury creams are 20 to $30. And certainly in our editing and our reporting, we're seeing that over and over and over again, these new brands cropping up that are either direct to consumer or at a drugstore, or this is at Target, where they have you know, they just don't need to inflate the price like they used to. But usually clean beauty brands are more expensive. Mm -hmm. Like when you're talking about making those swaps. Yes. um, Because they're indie brands. They're smaller. It's more like handcrafted. Right. So the fact that it is affordable, I think, is is unusual and good. Makes it accessible. Yeah. And the other thing I think is interesting about this brand, just as from a trend point of view, is that LVMH invested in it, which is like not budget. (laughs) So you have the biggest luxury conglomerate in the world investing in this product or in this brand, um, which they're going to be rolling out all over the world. It just launched in 2019. So I think it's definitely target, right? Yes. And it's, but it's at cult beauty in the UK now, and um, it's definitely rolling out to more retailers around the world. So I think it's one to watch for that reason. And there, I know that their, their SPF is a clean one. And a lot of people have been raving about that. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm about to. And so I just thought this is a good one to have on people's radar for $18, you know, give it a try. Yeah. Versed is great. I'm so curious what you guys think about when these big conglomerates buy smaller indie brands. Do you think for the most part, the brands are able to maintain their integrity and maintain... Because a lot of times when you have a major, like a L'Oreal or an LVMH Mm -hmm. buying a brand, sometimes the formulations actually change. Definitely. Um, Have you seen that go wrong in your experience? Definitely. I think it depends on the parent company that buys the brand. Like I I, Sometimes like with L'Oreal, I find when they buy a brand, like they bought... It Cosmetics, right? And I think It Cosmetics has so many great products. And Jamie has done such a great job of bringing so much authenticity and like hands-on care to these true innovations that she's created, like the CC cream and products like that. But I noticed when she left the company, which was just what, about a year ago or something? Mm -hmm. I can't remember how long ago now. Like, I just remember going to that next PR launch and the next product that they presented in front of me. It was like some kind of, it was like a rose face cream, blurring cream, something or other. And I just like, I put it on and it just felt like pure dimethicone. Like it was so (laughs) just texturally like, like, do I even want to rub this into my cuticles? And I just was like shaking my head. I can just imagine Jamie being like, bye. Yeah. If she was there, it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. So I think sometimes that can happen where it's just like, I think we've seen it a lot, actually, where a brand just loses its soul. Loses its magic. It loses its magic. You know, even like Bite Beauty. Look at Bite Beauty. Like that was on the up and up. That was so cool. That was a clean beauty lipstick brand with like pow colors. That was just like looking so hot. And then where did they go? (laughs) Right. I mean, I see them more places. I guess they have wider distribution, Mm -hmm. but I feel like no one's talking about them anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Like Suzanne's gone, the heart and soul's gone. And, you know, that happens. It's hard to keep it up. And then I think the other thing that plays into it too is like when you have a drunk elephant, which is like their whole MO is like suspicious six, stay away from these ingredients. Well, how does that play when you're acquired by Shiseido for almost a billion dollars and so many products in that other bigger portfolio have those ingredients? Well, internally, I'm sure there's some discussions being held, had and the message is always like, 
the formulas aren't going to change. Nothing's happening to your beloved brand. But I do think over time, there's too many powers that be that probably have a say in... I imagine that suspicious six six messaging will be tampered down over time too. You know, just just those types of things. But at the same time, I can't blame these companies. It's so hard to keep up. There's brands popping up every day. It's like, well, just let's just acquire it. (laughs) (laughs) We say, let's try it. Yeah. No, it happens. We were joking about this not long ago, Carlene, like about the agility is so difficult for these monstrosity corporations, conglomerates. So sometimes they're just, they're just like, let's buy it and absorb it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Make it go away. Yeah, totally. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation and learning as much as I did from Jill and Carlene. We're going to take a quick break and then get right back into the conversation. Do you guys have any other dupes? Well, we got to hit you with a bit of makeup before we uh, before we let you go. So try to hit you with some iconic stuff. So everybody knows NARS Orgasm Blush. Yes. The dupe for that is RMS. Beauty, Pressed Blush, and Lost Angels. So this one's a duo that I'm showing you. So you're seeing a bronzer on this side. But if you just like, you won't be able to see it on the screen. It's getting dark in here. But if you swatch them, they're they're identical. So not a lot of explanation that's required, I think. But it's mm. just like, looks great on all skin tones. Love the NARS Orgasm. Try the RMS Beauty. And then um, similarly, if for any of your listeners, if you like the Benefit Benetint, the lip and cheek um, yes. stain. Oh, wow. I used to love that product. I like right? about it. Yeah. It's just, I know it's one of those ones that got put on the back burner, but it's such, it's like that makeup that you use when you don't want to look like you're wearing makeup. So it's like, you know, you're at the cottage and all the girls at the cottage, it's like there's that unspoken rule that you're not supposed to wear makeup and then you can just like cheat and put this on no one will know and it stays on all day because it's a stain so this one just came out it's in a tube this is called ella Luz lip and cheek stain and it's actually brand new just launched a couple weeks ago it's available at netta porte it's 34 dollars. and ella Luz is by the youtuber camilla coelho so i don't know if you're familiar with her, she's a Brazilian American uh, YouTuber. And again, like I think Jill mentioned earlier in the episode, there's just been an explosion of YouTubers who have launched brands this year. And she's one of them. So it's all part of her lifestyle brand coming out. But 
what's funny is that I'm showing you this too, but your listeners can't see. It looks rose gold and it looks like a lip gloss and it's going to come out and be like a gold lip gloss, but you open it and it's like that red, that Benetton red, like to a T. Oh, wow. Yeah, it definitely Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. If you put this on your cheek, it's exactly a dupe. Like I put it on, I was like, this is Benetton. Mm -hmm. But of course, so the line is meant to be all clean. So it's free from parabens, sulfates, phthalates, all the rest of it. And I think the biggest difference is, is that it's vegan because when you're talking about red dye, like Benetton uses carmine, which we know is crushed beetles, essentially. So she has a synthetic dye in there instead that makes it vegan. So I want to hit you with one final clean makeup staple. And this one is a dupe for Dior Show. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like over the years, uh, clean mascaras has been this really difficult innovation. Such a struggle. <laughs> I've tried so many and I'm like, it's not it. This is not doing it for me. Yeah. And you know, like Dior show, it's like made for backstage. It's made for the runway. It's like, it's like you can see it in the front row and it's like, you know, you can see that the lashes are, are just like popping. Right. So this one is a clean beauty brand called Fit Glow. And I'm going to give you the full name Fit Glow Beauty Vegan Good Lash Mascara. And it's 38 US dollars. So it's a little more on the pricey side. But this one, I'm going to show you the brush. It is like the same XXL brush that a Dior show would have. And I don't know, over the years, clean mascaras, I don't know why brands seem to have assumed that people who are into clean beauty like want these like wimpy lashes. Usually it's this tiny little brush. That's like, oh, she she just wants a whisper. It's like, no, I want my lashes to flap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And back in the day, like those formulas could go moldy, which we've experienced, and they just were not it, and they'd go everywhere. But this one, it's three in one. It's a vegan mascara, which is also very difficult to find in the beauty space. A lot of them use beeswax. So this is also vegan. So it's really meant to be um, that XXL volume, and I find it doesn't clump at all. And like smudging, I don't know her. This stays all day. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I've tried it too. I would say, though, there's a little bit of a learning curve to using it in the sense that the the formula itself is a little dry. So you have to work quickly to get it on your lashes. But once it's on, it stays. And it is a semi-waterproof formula. So you do. I, I find that you have to work a little bit harder to take it off rather than um, some of my more conventional mascaras that are out there. So I've been loving that one too. And I have hooded eyelids and oily lids. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of transfer and that one I've been using it all summer. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'm definitely going to try that. Yeah. That's it. That's our roundup for you. Our- <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like so impressed. You guys have encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge. And so this was like so, so great. I feel like I have to ask you guys, I ask everyone like what their top three favorite beauty products are and you guys have tried everything. So okay. here you go. Could you guys tell me your top three favorite beauty products? Okay. Sure. Go ahead, Carlene. Oh gosh, Jill. On the spot. Okay. Well, I always shout out Clay DePoe. I do enjoy their essence, like their toner. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it was really was the first toner that I used that again, give like that softening moisturizing quality to my skin. I was always used to like the alcohol types of toners that stripped everything away. 
And I use that every day now. Like I just find it makes your skin like dewy and plump and that that just like flipped the switch. So that's now a part of my routine. Um, So that's my favorite. Lately, we did a whole episode roundup of the best mineral sunscreens to use. And the number one for me was the the Biosance, the new reformulated Biosance. I'd have to get the exact name, but it's the Biosance Mineral Sunscreen. I believe it's SPF 30. And it is so good. It goes on like a daily moisturizer with SPF. It's so thin. And you never would think that from a mineral sunscreen. Who else were we interviewing that? Because I was like, I swear this would work on all, all skin tones. And somebody who we interviewed who has dark skin said they loved it too. Was it Jackie? I think it might yes, have been Jackie. Jackie. Ina. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, confirmed. This is the best mineral sunscreen. So that's a favorite. And then I can't remember my third. I guess my my P50. I love that. Although now I'm into the Ayuna. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is this is an occupational hazard book. It's like it's we're just trying so many things that our yeah. routines change all the time. For me, there's a few things. Number one is the special cleansing gel from Dermalogica. I should have stock in this product at this point. I've recommended it to so many people, but I love it. It takes off all my makeup. I do technically usually do a pre-cleanse as well, like an oil cleanse. I love double cleansing. And uh, so I'll use the Dermalogica pre-cleanse and then I'll follow with the special cleansing gel. And I just really love how it feels, especially when I'm wearing so much sunscreen or when I do TV and I wear long wear makeup, I'm just like, I need to get it all off my face. Another thing that I can't live without is the T3 single pass twirl curling iron. I do my hair with it. Great curls. (laughs) Um, Thank you. I do my hair with it all the time. Uh, I've kind of mastered it now. I've done the Dyson Airwrap. I like that too, but this I can do and I'll just brush it out and it will just last and last and last. Like sometimes you just need the blistering heat you know what I mean? Like (laughs) to make it stick, especially in the summertime. And then I would say it's a toss up for my third. I would say skincare wise, an investment piece that I love is the C, the CE for Rulic, which we've talked about. Again, I should have stock in this. It's a hundred skinceuticals. Exactly. It's $160, but I do think it is, you're going to see dramatic change and it will transform your skin. It works for any skin type. It protects your skin. It's like an environment. It sort of acts like a shield against free radicals. And it's actually one of the only ones that's been proven in like peer-to-peer reviewed journals that it works. And yeah, it has clinicals to back it up. And so um, it's one of those indie brands that could. And I think it's just like, that's actually been acquired by L'Oreal, but it has really remained, I feel like the integ- the indiness of it, they only launched a new product like once in a blue moon. So I really stand by that that product. And I know that if I recommend it and I'm like recommending that people spend money on it, I know that they will see the results. Great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing your your favorites. And then final question, when do you guys feel most beautiful? Mm. I've been on health kick this summer which is not normally like me. And I, because you know what? I have been like lazy slash busy for 10 years. I have two kids. My daughter's 10. And I just feel like a woman, as a woman over 40, you kind of can very easily get to this place where you're like, well, this is my body now. This is just like this, this is it. And, and acceptance is great. But I feel like this is the one good thing that's come out of quarantine for me is I stepped up my boot camp and actually started jogging 
which I've never done. Like I hate running, but I started doing it. And now I'm working out like four or five days a a week instead of one or two. And it's really just been amazing to look down when I'm doing the dishes and be like, oh, where did you come from? Oh, hello. Mm -hmm. Like looking down at my biceps and like seeing my body change. And that makes me feel really beautiful. And just I feel stronger and more energetic and yeah, better than any beauty product we've discussed today. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's great. Definitely taking care of your physical fitness has it pays off in so many ways. You sleep better. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And I would say for me, I feel the most beautiful when I'm laughing. I just like love being around people. And like, I just feel like right now, especially during quarantine, you just appreciate the people in your life that can make you laugh. So whether that's like family or friends or and I've like we just spend so much time by ourselves, I feel like, or your bubble is small. So you better make sure that those people can make you laugh and, and make you feel like everything's going to be okay. So I would say that's my, my answer. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on Naked Beauty. And thank you for having me on Breaking Beauty. Um, I will make sure to link to in the show notes to all the amazing products you guys discussed today, but also where people can listen to your show. Your show comes out Wednesdays, right? Every Wednesday? That's right. Yeah. Yes. Every Wednesday. So don't miss it. Um, And thank you guys so much again. Thank you so much. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.